just got tired of like hearing all the negative voices. You don't see the positive voices out and speaking on change, especially within the art community. And then when you get into the art community, you just see nothing but people saying video games, comic books, movies, TV, and music doesn't really drive the point home for art. And I'm like, now it does because I'm like, I keep on saying Watch Dogs 2 really reinvigorate invigorated me being a, of an artist by li- literally like they talking about social politics and everything that's going on legit today and i'm mm-hmm. like that helped me direct me my uh, my decision of what i wanted to do as an artist like consumerism that like we are accessible the whole game this um pre-ordering shit that is a perfect example of people like you barely have any money but you want to drop two, three hundred dollars for pre-order a console. That is consumerism at its core. Um, you have uh, clothing companies like Supreme um, stealing people's artwork and then finding loopholes so they can keep said artwork, um, and then leaving the person out of out in the cold with no money. So it's like, as also I'm like, as an artist, I'm like, I want to speak on that like i made it a i made a skateboard piece um recreating my professor's artwork but in a way it's still my own but it's still the designs that he used and i call it the appropriation board i used his last name cut it up and i put sue appropriate so i was like that's i'm like i now have a direction but before we go any more deep into it, because you didn't know we've been recording for this minute, for this good two minutes. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Welcome back to the all new G- The Giant Contraband Robot Podcast. I'm your host, Desmond. Desi is dead. Robinson. Or you can just call me simply Desi. Um, on this episode, Christian is taking a small break. It's a unofficial Nerds Against the World, the Bob Om Podcast <laughs> Reunion. <laughs> And the also the My IGN Untitled Podcast. My co-host, Liray Montez Williams. What up, my dude? What up, man? How's it going? It's good. I, I um We had a good deep conversation before we go right into the nerdiness about what we've been doing. And I've been like, we, we've been, um, I would say tight at the start. And then we, we, we I wouldn't say, we, we've been there just unofficially there for one another for a good couple mm-hmm. of years. But Nintendo, Amazon, <laughs> Microsoft, you've been you've been on that rise, my dude. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. Yeah, Nintendo, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, then Microsoft once again. It's it's been a journey. But uh, I was gonna um enough about me, but where did that like because I remember early during our untitled Baba Nerds Against the World days, when did that switch? Like, you know, this is a career you need to focus on. Um, it could be like <laughs> this could get really dark. Well, like, um, you know, about like six years ago, a good friend of mine passed. You know, um, at the time I was working at GameStop in the movie theater. And I was about, you know, 25, 26, um, working these minimum wage jobs while any hope again promoted. And like when my friend 
um, passed away, unfortunately. Like, it snapped in me that, like, I need to do something more in my life. And I took that chance with Nintendo um, putting in that application because I was always saying, like, oh, this is not the right time. I don't have the qualifications or, like, I don't have any way of getting there. And I just decided to just apply for it and went for it. And I got the position. And so it just triggered, you know, a um, need to do better and do more in me. And I've just been doing that nonstop. All right. That's what I like to hear. Because I'm like, cause I remember at the time when we were still doing my IGN, and my IGN was doing um, like mass interviews for community managers or like, I know for associates, but just like, I did apply. But you took the initiative. I would just like things just um, on my front was like, I can't do it. I just can't just up and leave Cal um, LA to go to San Francisco. So mm-hmm. I just like ixnade my interview. I was surprised they even gave me an interview day and time. And I was just like, and then at that exact moment, something tragic with my family happened. I was like, fuck. But I think that's like, I think that's more. The difference between I always felt I was more immature, <laughs> even though I'm older. <laughs> like, I feel the both of us. You're the more mature one. That's why, and for you listeners, I I always it, over go over this. You was always the host with everything we ever did. <laughs> yes, I was. I always felt like, even though I'm older, you're the mature one. I let you take lead. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just right there. I'm Nightwing. You Batman. <laughs> like you don't need to depend on me. I could probably do an episode on my own, but I won't. I won't take over the whole thing. But I think, and, um, and I always tell people this now: it doesn't matter how old you are, as long as you know you need to change and you need to work on that change. Don't worry. The age thing is is secondary. You have enough time. Just do it. Definitely. You know, everyone in life progresses differently. Like, I can look at someone that's my age and they're in a different place in life than I am. It's like, it doesn't do you any favors to compare yourself. And as long as you're just working towards that goal that you have, taking it day by day, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, because I'm like, it's not a competition. Who are you competing with, man? Seriously, I'm I'm competing with myself. There you go. (laughs) All the time. The only person you should be competing with is yourself. There you go. That's who you should be competing with. Like, all right, be like, all right, I did this. Let's see if I can do this within two months. Or let's see if I can do this within a week. Like I said, I was going to sign up for, I was going to start looking into grad school applications yesterday. Did I do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I keep on looking at the time. I'm like, I got time. The, the, the applications are due by March. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. We're 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 barely in October, and shit is already jumping off, um, jump hitting the fan already in the first couple of weeks of October. Mm. Like, dude, uh, like, well, uh, you go first. No, um, I was about I was about to say like, man, you know how we originated from IGN and all that stuff, and yeah. like how he was like avid goers for IGN. Like, I don't even check that page anymore. Bro, I don't look at it anymore. You are not the only one. I have not. Today, actually no, I actually have no articles from IGN. No, my shit. Actually no, I the today in the long time is the first time I used IGN for 
I started playing Animal Crossing like everyone else this past March. <laughs> Uses a wiki guide or something? Yeah. And that was the first time I actually been on IGN. Like, as soon as I stopped using uh, my IGN, I have not been on the site at all. Like, it's just something about, it was like, it was like something about that time. It was fun, but then when yeah. you, like, leave from it, you don't want to really, even if there's, like, that portion of my of IGN is gone, you just don't want to go back to it. Man, they for gold, man. When they first did my agent, they just didn't. I don't think they even supported it towards the end. They just left it there for people to leave it up to their own devices. Then the editors were involved anymore with that. Yeah. Because I know um, I met Sean Allen out of that. Um, in real life as well. We got the, uh, we got the meet and hang out. Um, it just hearing what he went through as a community manager and try to help with my agent. I'm like, I'm kind of glad I never uh, went forth to work for IGN because I, I know me. I'm not going to let nobody belittle me in front of anybody. Mm. And then just hearing that for the behind the scenes things and then just seeing the problems that my IGN oh. Um, oh, man. Yeah, they had like horrible issues with the um, editor-in-chief oh, yeah. and stuff like that, how they treated people and like, these allegations came out not sexual per se, but like just like how they targeted women and like belittled them as well. And then, so and then hearing men being belittled, I mean, like I'm like, what is like? Is this superior? I never understand why would anyone in a position of power wants to do that in the first place. Like, yeah, you're in a position of power. You may be on a time crunch. We don't need to belittle anyone specific, specifically women that's under your position of power like what the fuck that that was like and I think that was also another reason why I never came back cause there was there always that that sexism that was around it that's just swirling around especially on my IGN like I noticed it and then the hint of racism like mm. especially like when you start revealing it like oh you're black that that's the first thing you get when you see my face. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm black. Oh, 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 okay, okay. You probably didn't mean it that way, but still, that's the first thing out of your out of your mouth, which means that was the first thought in your head. <laughs> Hence, why I do not go by hero anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> legit. Someone, um, fuck, I, I I legit forgot. And that's the thing. Now, a lot of people who from IGN that we now follow on Twitter, mutual follows on Twitter, they don't go by their old MyGen handles or their PlayStation handles. They actually either go by the variation of their real name or a new nickname that they came up with. So, mm-hmm. like, we had one... Oh, I forgot. I legit forgot their name. But he, um, he was notorious. I'm surprised they remember how I looked because now I have now that I have a beard and um, wearing glasses now. I'm, I'm getting yeah, gray. I'm, I'm I, God. I'm getting old. But um, he was like, "Why are you gonna go by hero no more?" Uh, it's a racist name. Why, as a black man, do I need to refer myself as hero? Like, 
it's from an anime. I don't identify as Asian, man. I was like, I think anyone who, I was like, now, and the difference between me and you grew up in Japan, partially. Yes. So I think you have more of a good association with the culture than someone who's born and raised on the West Coast. So I'm like, (laughs) I don't, like me, I love Mexican culture. I grew up in predominantly Mexican neighborhoods. I know Mexican people, like, I'm fine within that culture. Like, if someone calls me instead of Mundo, I hate when people call me Desmundo because I'm like, I know that connotation. And they know I know. I, I, may, I may not speak fluent Spanish, but I know. What's the connotation for those that's ignorant about that? Including Fat. myself. Fat. Uh yeah, either gordo or mundo is, a, is 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 the variation for fat or big. So I'm like, fucking assholes. <laughs> mm. yeah. Well, like with, with my name, I think I I don't remember exactly where my uh, my idea name was, but I'm thinking that it was like Ray underscore squared, mm-hmm. and like I'm st- I stuck with that monkey here because like that, I know that's it's true to who I am. You know, it's like just. It's part of my name, and it's my nickname that my family called me. Not exactly Ray Squared, but, like, you know, the literal form of that. Like, so, yeah. You're simple and to the point, though. It it makes sense. It's tied to you. Mm. See, I'm, like, going by Hero, and then you go to PlayStation, you want to switch your gamer tag, and you'd be like, and they tell you strictly, if you change your pat your gamer tag, it will affect your trophies, or you may lose your trophies. That was the first time in the history of gaming that I actually cared about my trophies. <laughs> there is games I never want to play again. I don't want to play The Last of Us again. Okay. What? I don't. And, and I think. I try not to talk about The Last of Us 2 because that's a hot-button topic, especially um, Last of Us. I do not, and, I've def- and I don't know if you have, but mm. this would be a good question. Have you changed how the way you played games when you look at yourself younger, when you're from your younger, from the time you were younger to now? Because, like, if Last of Us, when it came out in my late teens, early 20s, Oh, I would be all over Last of Us and Last of Us Two, but now that it's, it came out, technically my mid twenties. Now Last of Us Two is out in my mid thirties. I don't want to be playing the game where I don't feel it's approachable. Like mm. I don't need that extra added stress of playing the game, and then on top of that, the narrative that makes me look at how I approach anger. Um, resentment and letting things go because on that front I'm definitely like Ellie in Last of Us 2 there's some things I know I can't let go and I, I guess that's like why I won't play it gameplay wise I feel it's not approachable still because there's just something like I play Tsushima over Last of Us 2 that's, how, that's where I'm at now Mm. In terms of uh, approachability, so for you, do you go for approachability or you want that extra challenge? 
So we have to dive deep into this. We have to go back to the reason why I play video games. The reason why I like playing video games that's attached me to video games is to consume stories. I love stories. I love. Re- um, I don't read as much as I used to. You know, like I love stories in any, you know, all any form. You know, books, comics, video games, um, music. You know. Um, movies, TV shows, you name it. I love consuming stories. So the games that attract me and the three games that I anticipate for the most part are video, are like story-driven video games, narrative. And, you know, at first, at first, you know, I, I, I feel like I evolve as games evolve as well. They evolve as I mature. So when, back in the day, you know, when Mario came out, you know, I was satisfied with just jumping on Goomba's heads, you know killing them pixelated as a kid you know and like more different games coming out playstation Bushido blade um playstation 2 bouncer jrpgs and all this stuff when like they come out with more stories and like um make me spend more time in the world get to know these characters um so when last of us came out um let's see it came out in 2013 so i was 23 at the time mm-hmm. and you know it um for me it um it, um trend it's transcended video games as a medium for storytelling you know it like put it on a different level on a different plateau than it previous was like i think more people are looking at video games for storytelling and that's why i like video games so um when the last of us came out i was looking forward to that playing that um when last of us 2 came out I'm, st- I'm still looking forward to playing that, and I know that they advanced their story. So I was even more so anticipating The Last of Us. Um, I know a lot of people are emotionally drained with everything that's going on in the world, and um, they like to associate their lives with um, what's going on in the game and related related to themselves. Um, me, I love dark, consuming dark stuff. I love um, immersing myself into dark things because for some reason I've been sensitive towards that. Like, it doesn't affect me at all, my psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love consuming it. Like, the darker it is, the better it is for me. There's, like, only a few things that, like, I've consumed that's, like, that was, like, whoa, that's pretty messed up. And that's, it, I don't know what, what it is that makes me feel that way about certain things. But, like, The Last of Us isn't, isn't one of those. And I thought it was even more intriguing when it um, took place in Seattle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I see like all the places I've been to. <laughs> that's post-apocalyptic, right? Where I'm going through a pandemic right now. You know, so it's pretty funny and um, more immersive for me that way because you know, oh, like oh, I went to that pier. Oh, that's where I had my first kiss at. Oh, that's what happened to the convention center. Um, but back to your question, um, do I have I changed the way I play games? Um, I think. I'm more picky with the games I play these days. Um, sometimes I, I, you know, slowly but surely I've turned into a casual gamer. Um, you know, um, with like NBA 2K, that's the game I play just to shut off my brain and just shoot hoops, you know. Yeah. But I do have the capacity for games like The Last of Us. That's the reason, you know, I'm getting the, P- you know, the PS5. So because I don't want to get more sto- story-heavy games like that so uh yeah in some ways yeah like i i'm expecting the stories and the graphics to be better the games that i'm playing now so um yeah 
So that's your main, pretty much PlayStation. Yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> because I know I would say for myself, I've definitely, I think I benefited more being in a group like my IGN at the time because that's where I met um, Joe Bergadol, um, Commander Beanie. Hmm. Um, we still Gray Warden. Yeah, Gray <laughs> Warden Beanie. She, uh, uh, she. She's one of my best friends. We um, talked the other day because I'm trying to convince her to be on, and she's like, "What the hell are we gonna talk about?" I was like, "You have a thriving YouTube channel up to 2,500. Oh, I think now she's at 3,000 subscribers." I was like, "You got a thriving YouTube community. We're gonna talk about that." But you know, it's hard. People, I'm like, she's scared of just like I guess to talk, talk. You can talk. There's a YouTuber voice I'm noticing, and then a podcaster's voice. I'm, I'm noticed I'm noticing more on that, but she introduced me to Mass Effect. In order for me to play Mass Effect or Dragon Age, I had to buy an Xbox. So like, so now I'm more a multi-console gamer. Like I know on the Xbox, instinctively I'm going to get story-driven games like Mass Effect. Um, I associate Skyrim, all the Bethesda games to Xbox, not to PlayStation. Mm. Well, that's a good thing you do that because, you know, Microsoft bought Bethesda, well, Zenimax. Um, so it's a good thing that you associate them with that. But um, for me, like, I don't know. It's just like different phases of my life that I pertain to, that I play video games, you know, just like phases and priorities. Um, you know, like when I was a kid, Nintendo, um, when I was like, I don't know, like when I was like, four to ten you know then it was the playstation then it was the playstation 2 and then it was the playstation 3 then my playstation 3 broke and i got a 360 for free from um my ign from winning a contest at pax and so i became a 360 gamer for a bit then um the ps4 came out I think I was able to buy another PS3 towards the end. Yeah, I was able to buy another PS3. Then I bought the PS4. And, yeah, and here we are. Yeah. I know for me, I was able to play NES, Super NES, Sega Genesis. Uh, my brother had the 64 and the Cube, so I was able to play those by proxy him. Then uh, my uncle gave me his first PlayStation. And then from the PS1 up to the PS3... It was always it was it was a PlayStation house. Um, I got the Xbox 360 for cheap because I didn't have to buy a game. The only thing I had to buy with my 360 was um, Mass Effect. The Mass Effect uh, by that point, Mass Effect 2 was already out. Um, Dragon Age 2 was coming out, so that was the only thing I'm like. But now I have the Xbox One, which film um, I. Th- actually had the xbox one like two years after it came out but i got game pass um a a friend of mine gave me game pass this past march and i was like let me play game pass and i fell in love with it because like all these games for only 15 bucks a month it's like it's like netflix essentially yeah that's a good deal um he gave me like the three month subscription i was playing i got to play the outer worlds which is now one of my favorite story-driven RPGs, Western RPGs, and it's really it is really fun. It has great, it has humor for me, 
Um, that keeps me like I can like humor. I understand, and it has this Firefly esque um, like story to it. I feel like to me it feels like it's like Firefly, but none of the care. Well, if you play on Supernova mode, characters can die. So I tell people that that's why I don't play hard mode because you can get permadeath to your characters. You can come back, but your characters get permadeath. So, but um. Yeah, I think I became now more of a multi-console gamer than I was before because every console has something different, even PC. I have a gaming PC and a gaming laptop now, which I can say 10 years ago, I didn't have it. I dreamt it. Now, 10 years later, I have it. I'm playing, like, the long dark. I'm like, this game is interesting. Let me play this. Now, and then, like, a couple of weeks, months later, it came out on the PlayStation and Nintendo. Damn it! Um, <laughs> I know. Um, uh, there's one called this one, Chroma Squad. You actually might like. It's a love letter to Power Rangers, and I found out Saban himself came in and tried to stop it, but Bandai, I guess, helped. So now they have to say in all the games, even if you play it on the PC, which is the best to play it on. Only because some there's um, bugs on the console and the Switch versions. But um, it's literally, it's like a tabletop RPG, but it's a game. You play, you create your own Rangers with your own weird colors. There is a Wesley Snipes from Demolition Man reference in there. And a character that look a sprite that looks like Dem- uh, his character from Demolition Man. Um, there's just like certain characters that you can use. They can be Rangers. And you go against different monsters, and it's really fun. And they go with like different variations of all like different Power Rangers through the years, and different um like the variations like Mask Rider, I mean Camden Rider, to get it clear because I know I don't want nobody uh, tweeting at me. It's Camden Rider. <laughs> um, but it's just it is it is really fun, and then um. Galaxy of Pen and Paper is another um, RPG on the PC that I've been playing. And then I actually has been for the last three weeks with my co-host. We've been playing D&D. Dang, y'all be playing online then, huh? Yep, because now we're in the pandemic. We have to play um, D&D online. Um, with all, your co- all your co-hosts is local. Oh. Yeah. So our, our crew, well, minus one, she moved to um, Tennessee. But the rest of us, we're a local, and we're as soon as the pandemic's over, it, more likely she'll be on the video chat, and then the rest of us are in the room. So uh, that's been that's been fun and interesting, and then helping me with my math because I mean there's a lot of adding and subtracting, and I'm world world world's worst mathematician. I, I can legit say that. But I'm having fun. I'm, I'm learning um, thanks to Critical Role. So if Matt Mercer ever hears this, thank you, man, for getting me into D&D. And your tips and tricks on the channel, on your channel as well. You, you don't watch um, or listen to your Adventure Zone? Mm-mm. The kids love it these days. Yeah, that's, that's the kids. I'm an old man. <laughs> no, I still watch... Um, let me see. Since we started talking about that, um, Adventure Time. But what you just said, right? Adventure Time. 
No, Adventure Zone. Adventure Zone. Yes, know. yes. It's a it's a um D and D podcast. Just like um Critical Role. Uh see, didn't I know that? See, I I'm I'm putting I'm writing that I wrote that down just now. So now I know. See, I'm still I'm still learning. I'm I'm still in this is the world that I I I, I, I just I'm, I'm my my feet are in it now. But I'm at a hundred I'm at a hundred percent in. But my feet are in. Um but speaking of next gen consoles, let's get into a little bit of news. Um to also show that I have not been on games um IGN, I go to GameStop now for my, most of my gaming news. Uh, PlayStation Xbox have now have installment plans at GameStop. The article is written by Janae Sice. And she says, if you're looking to buy a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X this holiday season, you may want to know GameStop is offering the option to pay for both consoles and installments. The options for the payment include a layaway option, a third-party installment um, plans, and a rent-to-own process. Um, according to the internal documents um, obtained by VultureBeat, I should have the VultureBeat instead of GameSpot, um, the expanded payment options were confirmed in GameSpot's quarterly earnings report this past September, um, past month on September 9th. And here are the three options. The layaway option, you'll be able to reserve the console at, um, at the store until you pay it off completely, allowing you to contribute smaller payments at a time. So it'd be like the time when PlayStation 4 was announced, Everybody like put um, pre-ordered on that. It's, it's basically a pre-order. That's what that's what layaway is. You're just pre-ordering until you pay it off. Um, installment plans. GameStop will offer installment plans with a third-party service, including Quad Pay and Klarna. I have not heard of that second one before. That allows shoppers to pay off their purchase in four installments over six weeks with no additional fees. And then the last one is um, pay uh, to rent to own. GameStop is working with a third is a reputable in quotes, uh, reputable third party partner to offer rent to own options for many items, allowing customers to take the products home with them. Minimum upfront paid off within one to twelve months. You also retain the option to return the product at any point. Now we talked. Now me and Christian have talked about that part. I feel that rent to own portion is not a I don't think is a good a good option. I think installment is better. At least you can put down a certain amount and then just like over six weeks is not a bad option because You got yeah, you gotta think about the interest that they're gonna add to it. That's if they put interest because they said um yeah. no additional fees. I know- I know you. I in layaway, right? When they do layaway, mm-hmm. but like, what about the other options, though? Installment plans is one option, which I mentioned already, um, where you can uh, mm-hmm. use payment services like Quad Pay and Klarna. That's over. You have four installments in over six weeks to pay it off, with no interest fees. Now I've done that. Before. Okay. I tested that out for a, a hat. It was ten bucks a month with no additional fees. I was able to pay it. 
I was like, I just wanted to test it out to see if it actually worked, if it was going to be no fees or anything. That's with quad pay. Majority of sites like, um, like t-shirt sites, I was, I'm going to name ones right off the bat. Pop-Up Tee offers that. I'm like, for a t-shirt though, who, if you can't purchase the shirt outright, why do you need to do a monthly payment on the shirt? Like, wait till you get your money up to buy a shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The one I don't trust is the rent to own. Because I remember my grandma, my other grandmother, she passed away in 08. But, but I remember she did the rent to own. But that is the one that, where they can include interest to your payments. Mm-hmm. If you, especially if you don't pay within the amount of amount of time. Because you got you need to pay it off between the one and one month to a year. That means they're looking at your credit score. They have to be looking at your credit score. I mean, come on. Um, continue on in the article. Um, shoppers can also opt to go to Microsoft Xbox All Access and um, plan through GameStop. Um, available for both the Xbox Series X. Here on our show, we like to call it the Xbox Monolith and the Xbox Monolith X. Because... Series and Series X is just like too confusing. So just, just FYI, if, we, if you ever make another guest appearance, we're calling it the monolith. <laughs> <laughs> you can even, also since you at Microsoft, shoot them that title monolith. I mean, come on, uh, tell I don't them, think that's gonna work out. Tell it, it looks literally like that damn thing from two thousand one, The Space Odyssey, at the end of the movie. Never watched that movie. What? All right. Okay, that's one. Have you at least seen the thing? The thing? Yes, Kurt Russell's the thing. Oh, I seen the sequel, the prequel to it, oh. but obviously the actual thing. Yeah. All right, that's. Strange. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge horror movie dude. I'm not either, but at least I've seen it. <laughs> Have you seen Day Live? I- um, is it where the guy get glasses or something like that? And he's like able to see like monsters around yes. them. Yes. Was he like Rodney Piper or something? Yes. Like that? I have not seen it. Oh, for the love of God! But like, have you um, have you seen that meme that people talk about the thing is the original Among Us? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is that is true though. But the fact that you have, oh my god, oh my god, I'm kind of glad Nerds Against the World ain't going on, because you have to reveal that, and everybody gonna be like, all right, you sus, Ray is sus, and that's why I don't play that game because I know I will lose. <laughs> I'll take the L. Oh man, I always spilling shit on my glasses. All right, and I'll, I'll just power through. All right. So, both the Monolith and the Monolith X um, for Xbox All Access is over a 24-month period, two years, um, costing over $35 per month for the, ser- for the Monolith or the Series X, and then $25 per month for the Series S. Xbox All Access also include Game Pass Ultimate because of that perk. It also is actually cheaper to opt for the all-access plan rather than buy the console 
and subscription separately, saving you $59 on the Series X and $19 on the Series X. Xbox Series X and Series X pre-orders go live on went live on September 22nd. So, I if I wanted to, I should have just pre-ordered the. Um, that's not bad. Thirty-five. Let's see. Once again, it's thirty-five a month, and I already have Game Pass. They're probably like, "Oh, you got Game Pass? It's for free." Thank you. <laughs> you wish. I know. I wish. Because I got lucky when I, um, after my subscription was over, well, it, was, it was like I had like a month left, so I just like preemptively got Game Pass monthly. And they was like, oh, you get a free, um, get free two months and you start paying. Like, so I didn't start paying for Game Pass until like about June. So I was like, they gave me two free months because I already had technically a month left. So it was like, yeah, we'll just pay for the, um, these two months and then you just start paying um this specific date and i was like fuck yeah i was like that's not a bad price but i think between the playstation and the xbox i'm sorry playstation this is gonna be the first generation that i haven't pre-ordered it yet and my co-host christian has actually pre-ordered the xbox already so look mm-hmm. so it looks like i'm gonna be a play an xbox guy until PlayStation have something because unfortunately there is no payment plan for the PlayStation 5 at this point. You can only pre-order it and pay it off. You got by November 14th to pay off your PlayStation. Which is literally what? One, two, three, four. About three weeks, three, four weeks. Four weeks away. Literally four weeks away. Because, let's see, the PlayStation will officially be out November 12th. On a Thursday. Normally, and that's why I'm noticing a lot more games and consoles are now releasing on a Thursday rather than normally. I always associate game on video game day as like a Tuesday or a Friday. Never a Thursday. I always, I've been noticing it for the last couple of years. Yeah, He's finally asleep. Oh, damn you, GameSpot. That's one reason why I don't use GameStop also. I, that's been a running joke here on the show. Every time I pull up an article from GameSpot, their ads pop up. And then when you put on an ad blocker, they don't want you to use their site. <laughs> assholes you poor soul i am poor soul because i i because I, I don't got vpn i don't got none of that stuff i'm poor and then trump just announced until he wins there is no another stimulus i'm like okay all right i see you grasping for air on your little videos trumpy i know what i said last episode that i wouldn't be making fun of you because you have covid but today is a whole new day you're not giving people who are unemployed for the last seven months no money because your dumbass went out and had a rally. Now, majority of your Senate holders has COVID. Your House Speaker has COVID. You and your wife has COVID. 
and to throw a bitch fit because we everyone is making fun of you. No second stimulus. You know you done fucked up, right? <laughs> you getting voted. I I hope. Please, listeners. And then normally we don't talk political on here. But please, 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 please vote his ass out. Vote him out. And don't be stupid and write Kanye West's name in the ballot. <laughs> That's why we were in this situation in the first damn place with Trump. Y'all, I, I seen it. Y'all voted for some wackadoo and then y'all didn't vote for Hillary. And y'all didn't... Yeah. I, I'm, I, I promise not to the rage on, on, on our shows no more. I, I can I can be sarcastic like I'm, I am now, but I promise not to rage. So I'm, I'm gonna be respectful for now. Just wait till we get to the night out show. That's gonna be a whole different thing. Because <laughs> the night out show, I, we can talk about the night out show before going to the Resident Evil talk. Um, now the night out show. For those, and also for listeners, because I know you're going to probably, you're interested. The way how we do the Night Owl show is we do the normal intro, the rigmarole of like, welcome to show here on station. You'll find us on the rebroadcast somewhere else. We go to the track listing. We talk for 10 minutes. Then we go into our first couple of tracks. Now, have you thought of anything you wanted to play? <laughs> I, I thought about a few things, yeah. But I'm going to keep it to myself. I'm not going to, like, reveal it right now. And I'm going to ask you to reveal it because I need to know because I need to spend the rest of the night not only editing this, but listening to what you want to want me to play. So I can mm. so I can match it so it can be a good groove. Because mm. I mean, like, don't pull a don't pull a Christian who waits last minute, like literally five minutes before we have to broadcast, and then is like, I would say nine times out of ten, his the music choice his music choices is alright. Nine times out of ten, and then the, that the one percent is just like. I'm listening to anime intros. I have not been into anime for the last 10 years. The only thing I watch now, Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champloo, Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Shell, second gig, and maybe I have recently gotten back into Yu Yu Hakusho and I've just now gotten into My Hero Academia. That is it. My Hero Academia is the only new anime I've gotten into. I have denounced Dragon Ball, the whole entire franchise. Goku's trash. Boma is a hoe. I said it here. She's a hoe. How can you leave Yamcha? And literally go for the dude who tried to blow y'all up. That makes no sense. Like, legit. I don't get it. I don't get it. 
And then Goku is the, always the one who's trying to square up with people. Like, really, Goku? So. Yes, man. It's anime, man. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense. Here's the thing. My hero makes sense. You have someone who did not have a quirk, who was given a quirk by someone who's literally knocking on death's door. By eating someone's hair. <laughs> yeah, all right. The transfer of power part, yo, I get it. That, that is like wackadoo. <laughs> but it's still at the end of it like this is someone who I haven't seen any comics do is like the transition of, of a power to someone who is physically was born not to have one and seeing that person's transformation of becoming a hero and then dealing with like I'm reading the manga as I'm going along while watching the, the dub which is like slowly me tiptoeing I'm like because I'm getting like impatient by this point because I'm hearing about all these people like I'm seeing all, all special on Twitter and then before I lost my Tumblr I'm seeing all these people being hyped about this one villain the, he has um, this like this hand over his face. I forgot his name, but um, I was like, "Oh shit, this dude is like legit evil!" Like, oh, people's getting killed left and right. I was like, "I thought this was like a a show for all ages." Like, I'm seeing blood and shit. I was like, "Okay, all right, this is, I'm in, I'm in." There's a little bit of adult in there. There's a couple of characters that are boring hentai-ish, but. I'm in. Um, but I know it shouldn't For you, though, is there any new animes that you feel that I should be watching? Because I know there was one you did recommend to me, and I still had not watched it. Space Dandy. Um, Space Dandy, that must have been years ago. Then. That was years uh, ago. I still have not watched it. I, I'm surprised you remember that. Um, I don't even watch anime anymore, to be real with you, so... I can't tell you what's out there for you to watch, um, but there's this one that I like briefly looked at that I'm thinking about watching. Like I watched like three episodes and then go back and finish it. Mm-hmm. I think it's called. Uh, I, I was I want to say Erased, um, where the guy um, goes back to the past and try and change and erase what happened, and so the future can be perfect. So, yeah. So, it's it's a nice, um, I guess it's like kind of like supernatural slice of life because uh, he somehow gets teleported into his um, ten-year-old body when he's a full-grown adult and has the mind of an adult. So it's it makes for some pretty interesting dynamics. Almost seems similar to uh, Detective Conan. Hmm. Just that's that one part of the premise. Um, I know we 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 pulled off an old school. We went on the tangent because of anime. That was that's on me. That's one is on me because I, I had to get that out there. I had to get it out there. I mean, the Dragon Ball. Ugh, seriously, why? I don't see why people still like Dragon Ball. I don't. Stop watching it, everyone. Watch 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 Cowboy Bebop. It's it's better. It's it's better. It's more adult. It's it has good music. That's just me. That's just me. And speaking of hoping that it's good, hope I hope to God this is good. Resident Evil is getting the reboot movie, the TV show we don't fuck with. That that 
TV show is going to be garbage. Um, really? <laughs> I mean, come you're on. Not gonna, Who? You're not looking forward to the TV show? It's not going to be based on any of the games. Only one character from the game is going to be in it, which is Wesker. And it's going to be in the point of view of Wesker's twin daughters in New Raccoon City. No. That's going to be interesting. That, yeah, maybe for you, but for me, I'm like, no. I, I want... You can... You can literally do an eight-episode season on the first game, because the majority of the game the game took place in the mansion, which means the majority of the series, the first season is going to be in the mansion. Season two, you can finally flush it out, and it's now all of Raccoon City. Jill is technically coming back from the mansion, like it's sometime after the the first one. She's trying to recom- like, recombobulate what the hell is going on, what happened to her. Well, that's three. It's Claire who's coming in. Liana's also coming in. See, I keep on... The stories keeps on getting, like, jumbled. Like, I like the remakes because it's now, like, condensive enough to be like, all right, it's now cohesive finally, but you can literally take each game and turn it into, like, an eight to ten episode season. I don't. I don't. So, know, I don't know why they keep on like. Let's do something original, with the same characters that gamers love. So, how do you feel about the casting for the um, movie reboot? Um, for our audio listeners, if you don't know, um, before I get to my opinion, um, Maze Runners Kaya Scolodero Dar- Dario Dario. I'm so sorry. I mispronounced your last name. I for the last two hours I've been trying to pronounce her last name so I can say it perfectly. I did not get I did not achieve achieve that. But she's playing Claire Redfield. I have seen the movie she did with um Bill Pepper. Um it's I say Chomp? Not Chomp. It's um it's just her and him trying to survive getting out of a flooded house, dealing with the alligator they're trying to kill them. I seen her in that and that looked you don't like horror, so I wouldn't advise you. They lived. I, I, that's the one spoiler I'll give you. They lived, but it's still horror. T- it still has a horror tinge to it. So, yeah, um, you probably seen her in Maze Runner, but she's playing Claire. Hannah John Camden from Ant Man and the Wasp, who was Ghost in Ant Man and the Wasp, she's playing Jill Valentine. Now people, you think, go ahead. You think people gonna rage out because she's black? People are already raging out because she's black. <laughs> <laughs> like. Even my, even my brother's complaining. She's like, Jill's not black. I was like, well, you see, she's half black, half white. So still, technically, you get your white, but she's but she's predominantly, she looks black. He's like, that doesn't, I'm like, why? You ca-? It's just a game character. I'm like, it's like, I don't care. Now, there is one, we're going to get to him in a minute. I'm like, yeah, people going to bitch about that one. Really going to bitch about that one. But the Jill... It's fine, and she's a, this one. This actress kicks ass because I didn't get to see the. I only got to see one episode of her show, um, called Killjoys on net on Sci-Fi before I lost my cable. But I'm like, oh, she kicks ass. And then when they announced her for Emma and the Wasp as Ghost, I was like, oh, she can do it. She can definitely do it. So, her, let's go. Um, Robbie Mel, you may remember him. From X Files, that you know, I'm not gonna talk about that last season. X Files, um, he's Firestorm in Arrowverse. He's in those um, crazy babysitter movies. 
um, and he's also in one of um one of my favorite shows on Amazon right now, Upload. Yeah, it's such a great show. Um, Can't wait for season two. I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm barely on episode three. Oh damn! I I take my I I I'm now notorious. I have now watched season two through four of Stranger Things. I only seen season one. I don't even know who you are anymore. I I don't remember I don't remember what happened in season one, so. Eh. But but I would like to say that I am in love with um, Robbie Amell's Angel and upload. Her name is Andy Allo, mm-hmm. and she's absolutely amazing and talented. But anyway, um, he's been cast as Chris Redfield. Um, I think that is a good casting. I think that is a good, he's he's good. He can do action. Um, he's he getting, can get buff. He's already, he's already buff. He said he's getting more buff. I was like, no, no, we don't need Resident Evil Five. Chris Redfield, stay where you're at. Just, just stay where you're at, man. Um, Tom Hooper. So, tell me about someone who's built. Tom Hooper from the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> he's he, a Hopper. His name is Tom's Hopper. Oh, okay. I know people say Hooper. I'm, I'm. I guess in terms. I guess that turns that's the British way of saying it. Wow. I, mm, I see. I see. Okay, as a British. Okay. But um, he's playing Albert Wesker. Dude is built and he is tall as fuck. So you gotta have. I have not seen him do anything. Look. Everybody knows how Wesker is, and the only interpretation of Wesker we got is those Paul W. S. Anderson Resident Evil movies. Which I do not speak on. Well, I like Milo Jovovich. The first one gets a, the first two gets a pass. Why? Because of Michelle Rodriguez. The first one got because of Michelle Rodriguez. The second one because I like Nemesis. Right, so those two gets a pass. After two, I don't I don't speak on it. But um, Tom Hooper was great. Have you watched Umbrella Academy? Have I watched Umbrella Academy? It like I didn't. I didn't watch Umbrella Academy. Have I you, experienced Umbrella Academy. Have you read the comic before, though? I read it years ago, like oh, almost a decade. I think. I think it's been a decade. Like, yeah. Like I read it when it came out, and I was like, "Oh, it has the Eisner work." Okay, let me see what's up with this. You gotta, you gotta follow. It's some, it's some good shit that's going on right now. Uh, I, I only read the first volume years ago. I see that um, Gerard Way brought it back after the success of the TV show. So yeah, and that's the only second thing he waited to like the success of the show to actually justify coming back. Um, but he plays um, Tom Hooper plays Luther, the um, the guy with the head is attached to a gorilla's body. But the show changes that up. I think the show it makes sense on <laughs> show wise than how the way Gerard Way did it. But and he was in Game of Thrones for like I think for a couple of episodes, but he was a dumbass there and he was goofy in Umbrella Academy. So to see him play Wesker is gonna be interesting. Um so this casting is gonna be very interesting. I haven't I stayed away from the comments on this one. Avon Jogia, he was in um Zabiland Double Tap. He is British Canadian, but he's on of Indian descent. 
he'll be playing Leon S. Kennedy. Um, he done a couple of uh, I don't know what the hell free form TV shows. Um, Zombie Land is his big movie break, but um, I'm pretty sure people's gonna be pissed at the fact that it, um, an Indian actor is playing, I guess, an iconic character that is Leon. I have no, I have no say on it because I have no attachment to Leon Kennedy. That's all I'm gonna say. As long as he has that little um, hair swoop thing that he does, I don't care. Probably, <laughs> like I like, because I wanted a, a legit movie with um, Jill Valentine, like just her and Chris Olvera, because that's technically Resident Evil Three. I want a movie with, because uh, well, technically Jill's more been more in Resident Evil games because she was technically in the first game with Chris Redfield, so we're technically like following Jill more than we would be um, Claire. And Leon, but yeah, once again, I'm not, yeah, the, man. I'm not the writer of these movies. Man, I'm upset about the Resident Evil video games right now, um, especially Resident Evil Village. Why? What like I, man, they're okay. They're great horror games, even though I haven't played it. But they're critically acclaimed. But like after Resident Evil Seven, they went first person. I can't handle first person, man. Go back to third person. Then I played them. There's nothing wrong with first person. I said that it's too scary. For you. Tell me. Okay. You going third person, going um, versus the first person with VR. Now that's a steep difference. Okay. So if you're doing VR, I get it. I get get it because you're now being submersed into the game. That I understand. But this is first person view. It's just like it took me a minute to like get used to going from third person to first person games. Like Outer World, the Outer Worlds, is first person. It's not third person like Fallout New Vegas or Fallout Four. Um, and then Cyberpunk is going to be in the first person. Like when I haven't played The Witcher, I own it. I still haven't played Witcher Three. So when they said Cyberpunk is going to um, is being made by the same company as the Witcher series, which is CD Projekt Red, I assumed it was going to be in the third person view. Now, it's first person. I did bitch for two months, but then I was like, if I can get through um, majority of these games in first person view, I can, I'm can. pretty sure I can get through, especially Dying Light. And I'm pretty sure you didn't play Dying Light because that's, that's a horror game. But if I can... But, but like, that's like a zombie game, though. But there's still a lot of running, shooting, hitting, um, yeah. hiding. That's, that is... You're dropkicking zombies, so, like, I'm not... You know, I'm not too worried about that game. Like, I still have that on my PlayStation 4, but I never felt compelled enough to play it. But, like, if I'm playing Resident Evil, like... Seven. I'm just going through the um, house looking for keys or something, and the one a dude comes up from behind me, pulls me around, and he's in my face. No, no, thank you. You're supposed to feel like you're in that moment. No, thank you. Then you ain't gonna like the scene where there's the only black guy in there, and he gets his head lopped off. Get his head cut off. Yeah, with a shovel. Like, come on, man. You don't have to do us like that. Oh man, you think that's bad? Watch Jason X. Or Dead Space. I mean, come on. Us black people get murked. People of color always get murked in horror games and movies. 
That's nothing new. That is legit nothing new. Like that is like the the number one thing that always irked me. Like, all right, uh, like I think I had a chance to talk to a horror writer. I was like, what's the reason of killing off a minority first, or just like putting the minority? Uh, is it the trope that you're going for? And when they're quiet, and I'm like, uh huh, you ain't got nothing to say for that, huh, bitch? I see you. And the last casting for Resident Evil, Neil McDonough as William Birkin. Um, you gotta know he is Dum Dum Dugan from the MCU movies. Um, recently on Arrow as Damien Dark. So this one is going to be interesting because this is what he said. The writer and the director. He said, with this movie, I really wanted to go back to the original first two games and recreate the terrifi- terrifying visceral experience I had when I first played played them witless at the same time telling the grounded human story about a small dying American town that feels both relatable and relevant to today's audiences, says Roberts. So it looks like we're going to get a combination of Resident Evil 1 and 2 in this first movie. Um, they said we're going to. It's going to be set in the 90's. And they're going to explore. The Spencer Mansion. And Raccoon City. All in the same movie. <sighs> With that. The movie has to be at least two hours long. Two and a half. To two and a half hours long. It has so to be. It has to be. Mm. So it's all happening in one movie. The first two Resident Evils. Yeah. They're literally combining. He's the, the director writer is combining the first two games into one movie. Well, I wonder how they're going to transition into the second game, you know. So. Well. Hmm. Okay. That's Probably just switch perspectives or something. Like, what's happening with... Cause, so what's happening with Jill and Chris in the mansion... Is technically spilling out into the city, which will then turn over to Claire. Actually, no, I, because like um, Resident Evil, so Resident Evil Two takes place in the future. I don't know how far. I think it's like a year into the future, um, because Jill. Oh, no, not Jill. Um, Chris. Because like Chris, yeah, you play as you play as Chris in Resident Evil Two. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You play as Chris and his sister, right? Um, in the first game is Chris, Wesker, Barry Burden, and Jill Valentine. In the second game, you play as who? Claire and Leon. Claire and Leon. So in the third game, it's supposed to take place at the same time as as two. So you playing as Jill yeah, by Jill. So it takes place at the same time. So like how. Are they going to be like one year later or something? I don't know. See, TV show. Should have been a TV show. You can legit do a whole season with Chris and... I mean, not Chris. With um, Claire and um, Leon's perspective. And then when you get to season two, it's Jill's perspective. But she didn't go on the helicopter with Chris and left. She went back to the city. Hey, but you're going to get that Netflix TV show. 
bullshit ass show. Don't want it. I I don't want it. I I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. All right, let's get to our listener questions before we go. Oh God. All right, our first one. Well, we got two from Zion, dude. I cannot pronounce your last name. I'm sorry. I'm legit sorry. I I'll just say your your goofy name, Zion killing killing politely. His first question. What is our favorite Spider-Man villain and why? I'm going to let you go first with that. Yeah, I've been thinking about this one for a minute. I don't. Um, actually, I do. And I forgot his fucking name. Um, I'll just I'll go. I don't remember his name, and I'm more like while you're talking about yours, I will look for his name. Um, this mm. villain, this villain came from Mephisto's realm. Um, because if I remember correctly, Mysterio made a deal with Mephisto. He didn't do what he did. Um, he said he was going to do for Mephisto, so Mephisto unleashed this entity that Spider-Man has to deal with. This um, this demon um, kills Mephisto's psychiatrist, but Spider Man is his is at home with Mary Jane asleep. By this point, Mary Jane and Peter Parker are dating. They're not married. They're just now barely back getting back together after about fifteen years of them being broke up. Um, well, Marvel's comic time side tangent. It's been a few years, but in terms of comic book wise, for fandom, since Civil War, they've been broke up. Um, the villain infiltrated Spider-Man's mind, so everything that he was doing to this, like Spider-Man, thing he's just dreaming, but he's not. And you can see on his legit on his face that Spider-Man's like Peter Parker is terrified. This guy is mutilating the man's corpse. And Peter is literally, he can't wake up. The guy is forcing him to stay asleep. And he can't open his eyes. Because he's forcing Peter Parker to like witness what he's doing to this man's corpse. So when he finally gets up, Peter, like he knows the address to it right off the bat. He web swings straight there. And he sees what he saw in his, in his dream. Which is, he realized, no, this person projected this in his mind. Quit half across New York. And Spider-Man had to fight this enemy, which is, is a, a spirit of who works for Mephisto. This is like one of the more more modern Spider-Man comic books that I have not read in a minute. And then coming back to it, I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" This he trumps Green Goblin. He trumps Doctor Octopus, someone who can infiltrate your your dreams, your mind, and force you. And only not only force your body to not wake itself up so you can go try to probably save this person, knowing that you're going to be late, but forcing you to watch you murder an individual in a very gruesome way. Holy crap! He had he had he had Peter Parker shook. So I'm going with a new I'm going with a newer villain whose name I will look up. <clears throat> so for me, I got. The only person that comes to mind, like everyone else, I feel like is very corny, except for, you know, the 
Green Goblin that ends up ultimately killing Peter Parker and ultimate in the Ultimate Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say, Doctor Octavius, um, Doctor Doc Ock, um, Doctor Octopus, because I like his um, interpretations of him on, you know, in Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. I thought it was pretty interesting. They made him into a woman. Um, he actually in in uh, I forget which universe is in. He actually kills Peter Parker and swaps body with him bodies with him. And um, takes over Peter Park- Parker's body and like had his own comic run as Spider-Man called The Superior Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, where he has like Peter Parker follow him around like his Jedi ghost, telling him what's right and wrong and what to do. And he ultimately takes up the responsibility of being a hero for a bit before Peter Parker comes back alive and takes his body back. Um, what else? And, like, the new Spider-Man game on the PS4, uh, you know, it makes you feel sorry for him because he was, like, a regular human, regular person. And then, like, the man, you know, always comes and shit on the poor people that works hard for what they have. And and it's just, like, very unfortunate for uh, to see his character um, devolve because of what was going on and, like, how the tentacles affected his brain. So... Um, it's, it's he's sometimes he can be a tragic character, sometimes he can be like a cruel character, sometimes he can be um, a character you can like empathize and sympathize with. Um, so I gotta go with Dr. Octopus, okay. And I try to look for the damn character's name, all it goes right back to his damn Mephisto. Um, <laughs> to Mephisto. Oh, well, um, oh, there it is, Plague. Okay, there we go. Yeah, the villain's name is Plague. Huh. Just Plague. Yeah, I'm, that's why I'm. I'm that's because that's the first thing I saw. That's the first. <laughs> that's the first thing I'm gonna say. It's Plague. Actually, let me. Um. Think about something random. I want to look at this right quick. Think of something random. I'm really hungry for some tacos right now. So after this, I'm going to go get me some tacos. Taco Probably Tuesday. Yeah, I'm going to be basic like that and go get me some tacos. Probably um, go with like the carnitas and maybe, I don't know, some pork belly tacos as well. So... Oh. Uh, there is a place here in LA called Griense. Dude, I bet you I had the best Mexican food over there. Yeah. I always say, oh, and the, the villain's um, name is Kendrick. Kendrick mm. is, um, he has an obsession with Peter Parker and Mary Jane. On the last issue I left off on, he made himself look like a Hollywood director, and he was on the set of a movie. And Peter Parker got a premonition that he was going to kill Mary Jane. And now, that was the last issue I read before. I was like, I need to look for those issues. Uh, because of the pandemic, a lot of comic books have been selling out left and right. And it was most of those issues that Dan Slott, who wrote non-Marvel Spider-Man, um, um, the game that that brought in um, Negative Man, 
he um, brought in Kindred. So it, it, that was a very interesting um, arc that I, I need to look for. But back on the point of the tacos. <laughs> I say Los Angeles knows about burgers and tacos, specifically Mexican food. <clears throat> San Diego is known for burritos. And I always say Seattle is more of a melting pot of different flavor. Like if you like if you ask different people from Seattle, like what is like, what is the go to? Not every, everyone has a different like a, a different uh, answer for that. Like my friend, she um, she said for her, it's this egg roll spot. And then another person said teriyaki. So I'm like. Okay. Yeah, teriyaki is big around here. Yeah. I was like, okay. Um, New York, pizza. Uh, Chicago, they said, uh, I have a friend, she said, the, um, the hot dogs. I was like, really? I'm hearing a lot of people talking about deep dish. But apparently... I can't assume if someone's from Chicago that they love the Chicago deep dish. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to assume. Don't bite my head off. I like Chicago deep dish. But, dude, there's a taco place. If you ever make it to E3, when there will be another E3, reach out. I'll take it to Green Say. Best taco and burrito ever. <laughs> I'll let you know if I ever go to E3, which I don't expect to ever do that. <laughs> and the other um, place, Dirt Dog, because LA Street Dog is the is is just as iconic as the Chicago Dog. Dirt Dog has a bomb Street Dog, LA Street Dog, with your choice of bun. I go for the lobster roll. You want that butteriness with the mixing all with that flavor. Alright, our second question. We can talk about food, but that's going to make us both hungry. But our second question. Who's your comic book guilty pleasure? So, we both, and because you already said it, you barely read any comic, you better read today, now. And I barely read any comics. Hmm. Hmm. Guilty pleasure. That's weird. Because, like, I don't know. I usually, like, there's no one that I'm afraid of telling, like, oh, I read, read this comic. I don't even talk to people about comics. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't think any of anything I read is a guilty pleasure. Um, you know, oh. Um, hmm. I know that, like, there's things that I won't discuss with people um, because it's, like, sadistic. You know, but like I do not have a guilty pleasure. You know, it's a guilty pleasure is like something you'd be embarrassed about. Like this comic is like something that I would never tell anyone about that I read unless they told me that they read it too. Um So you're confirming that you're not gonna say what you what you're not gonna say. Uh I'm confirming that. Um but like I don't know. Um what we consider a guilty pleasure in comics, Because um, I have one. Okay, go ahead, man. Go um, off. I don't mind talking about because I think I've mentioned it before. Um, it's called Sunstone. There is nudity. 
there is sex in it. Um, he, I can't, and you can never pronounce his fucking name, but he's he worked well worked his contract is up with DC, but he worked on some event um some Just League comics, some uh, Harley. Qu- he's currently doing Harley Quinn Black, White, and Red. I know that for sure. But Sunstone is about two lesbian women who are both into BDSM. One is a dom, one is um, a sub, and their relationship through all this. Um, one is a tech mogul with a lot of money and a lot of disposable income so she can buy all this BDSM rigs and stuff. And you see her life before she became, she came out and then her spot, um, you learn throughout the book that they're together already, but you just learn how they finally got married and got together. Not a lot of people know I read that, but now, now they do if they actually listen to this episode. Mm. I don't, at first, I felt bad about it, but then I was like, eh. if I can talk about Sex Criminals by Kelly Sue Donick. Oh, uh, okay, I'm, okay. I'm fine, with, I can, I'm fine with talking about Sun Stuff. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, yeah, those would be like, like, Sex Criminals would be like, like, something like, I, I'd probably be embarrassed to talk to someone about that doesn't read comics, but, like, I won't discuss comics with those type of people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess Sex Criminals would be one, you know. But, like, Sex Criminals is, like, a fun, funny read. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you randomly don't even talk about sex to people, too. You know, you don't randomly talk to strangers about sex. Like, oh, there's these two criminals that just have sex and stop time. So they can steal stuff. Um, one, I think, would probably be um, a guilty pleasure is uh, probably Chew. Um, have you heard of that? I heard of that. I, I remember Steve Yoon was supposed to play that character for H for Showtime. Uh, they canceled it or something. That never went off the ground. Well, um, yeah, Chu is about like this detective that can like, um, I forget what they call it, but he can like see like the past of anything he eats. You know, he can like see what happened in the past. Um, like, you can see what was around it, what happened, how it manufactured, or how it lived its life. And so, this man um, goes around, takes bites out of things, and so he sees what happens. It connects it to the um, scene of crime or a, um investigation that's going on. And sometimes he has to take bites out of cadavers, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> so that's pretty interesting and disgusting. I think that's probably why he never got off the ground. <laughs> hey, but at least he's playing Invincible, though. Wait, he's, he's going to be Invincible? They're making an um, adaption to that? You didn't hear? Nah. This is gonna be and ain't, ain't he too old to be Invincible, too? It's um animated series. Oh, okay. He's voicing Invincible. Um, Seth Rogen's voicing Alan the Alien. J.K. Simmons is playing his father. Well, what um, what network is that going to be on? Amazon. I'm looking forward to it now. It's going to be at some point in 2021. And Z- I think if I remember correctly, Zazie Beats is playing Adam Eve. Voicing Adam mm. Eve. Which I'm like, yes, more Zazzy beats the better. Um, and our last question. 
This one, I don't. I don't my cousin always does this. I don't I, like. I like we know. He asks, "Why didn't they base the X Men movies off the animated series?" I guess because they're campy. I I actually deep dived on this, and he knows he he knows this is a hot button issue with me because. I finally took off the rose-colored glasses, and I now I should. <laughs> it's I not should, good. Any of the X Men's, the animated series is not good. I've done two episodes on another podcast explaining why X Men the animated series is trash. On numerous episodes, I I said every X Men film minus Logan, and I I defend the Wolverine, but. The Wolverine and Logan and Deadpool are the only good X-Men movies. And that's like... And that's for... Because James Mangold, he at least incorporated some elements from that story arc um, from Wolverine's comic... From the Wolverine comics for the for the Wolverine. And he took some elements from Old Man Logan and inputted it into Logan. Deadpool... Is it is original because there's nothing you can technically pull from, just because Deadpool you can just do a Deadpool series and just if you want to incorporate it, it's like okay he's there Deadpool's just there, but the X Men films are just trash. Like when you learn that fucking Brian Singer did not want any of the actors to read none of the comic books to get a sense of the characters, I'm like. What? Like you and Kevin Feige legit said he went behind their back and gave all the actors comic books so they can get a sense of their characters. Like that should not be the fucking case. And then you hear all the behind the scenes stuff, like how Holly Berry said she legit did threaten to walk out the way how Brian Singer was acting with people. I'm I like I'm hearing things like Michael Fassbender and um James McAvoy now they they won't say it out in the open but from inside sources that I trust they didn't have a pleasure a pleasurable experience on those sets especially with their producers and directors Simon Kinberg as much as I want to see that Jessica Chastain and um, that she's doing a movie Simon Kinberg is the director and co-writer it's called 355 I really want to see it the trailer looks fire but I don't trust Simon Kinberg he trashed Apoc- he helped write Apocalypse and then he did Dark Phoenix did you not learn from X3 no these movies are trash <laughs> that's what and I'm not thinking the MCU is going to do any better it's just the X-Men movies are not I would like to see a better adaptation of the X-Men like the X-Men you can, you can pull them into science fiction you could pull them into horror. You can you can legit go the Stan Lee route with them, where they're more. Oh. I mean the Josh Wheaton route, where they're more heroic. The New Mutants, bro. Yeah. That movie, bomb too. The I I heard nothing but bad things about New Mutants. I heard nothing good, and I and I was hyped for New Mutants. I'm like, okay, you you actually putting them into a genre that could work for the New Mutants. And I'm hearing none of the bad things, which means I'm going to wait until it's free on Prime or it's on um, Disney Plus, like the rest of the um, X-Men films are right now. 
Um, so that's why X movies are never good, is because they they do not accept the campiness that comes with the X Men that comes with the X Men world. The X Men can be campy, yes, but there's still the core of there's um, there's still the racism core of the aspect of that's in there. And now there's um, um now modernly they're now using um and I like how the writers are incorporating um, cultural appropriation into it. And yes, is the X Men writers are white, but they do understand like this is what people of color go through cultural appropriation. And now the X Men are dealing with this. Well, the mutants in general are dealing with this. I'm like fuck yeah, show people what the fuck we go through. Comic book wise, they're fine. Movies, they're never gonna do that. So yeah. I uh, don't know, man. Let's see what Marvel has to do with it now. But now that it's back in their hands, I would rather for them. I'd rather for them to take their time. Just, just take your time. I, I and then um, they said, uh, Mister Fantastic can be white because King the Conqueror is now gonna be black. Check your history, folks. Specifically, slavery time. Y- your ancestors can be black if they started out white. All right, just, just I'm just gonna say I'm gonna just leave that right there. I'm just gonna just gonna leave that little nugget of history on you on y'all right there. It can happen, but I, I would like to see the Fantastic Four first because I feel the majority of the MCU films have been team movies. I I feel they can do a, a good core family Fantastic Four film. That's that's just my two cents. I, I think that could happen. But yeah, that's where we're gonna end off the show today. This <laughs> <laughs> sounds so sad. I know. I, I I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna yell at my cousin after this. <laughs> I'm going to text him, like, what the fuck? You know, X-Men is, is legit a hot-button issue for me, because I'm like, and people are like, you still own the films. Like, I, yeah, I still own them, because I'm not going to get rid of something I put so much money into it, knowing that I'm not going to get a return for it if I sell it. And then part of me does want to see, like, certain scenes from these movies that I still actually do enjoy. So there's still some enjoyment in it. It's just, I know. Like, I finally came to the realization not everything can be 100% adapted from the source material. But I can disagree what's being adapted. Like, I still don't, I still am tired of seeing teenage Spider-Man. Can, like, the only adult Spider-Man we got was Tom McGuire. And that was, like, what, part of the second movie? Was he, was he really an adult? <laughs> nah, not really. But I wanted to see an adult Spider-Man. Like, they could have easily done that in the MCU. Like, he was secretly... Like, they said he was a secret hero all this time. They could have done that. I, I'm like, no, I don't... I, I do not like a teenage... Carmella. Hey, we got... I was going to say, Carmella Khan would be the the exception to it. Because I'm like... Hey, she's, hey we she's, got adult Spider-Man. And um, Into the Spider-Force. That's animation. I want live action, alright? Animation don't count. Animation don't count. And plus, on top of that, since you mentioned Spider-Verse, who's gonna go? But you, I was gonna let you go and get your tacos. But, since you mentioned Spider-Verse, I'm sorry, I like Jake Johnson. I don't want Peter B. Parker. Give me Chris Pine's Peter Parker. 
That's the <laughs> Peter Parker I've been wanting in live action. Someone who got their shit together, probably still deal with some troubling things from the, from time to time. No, you give me. Wait, you want Chris Pine as um, Peter Parker? If we was doing a live action adult Spider Man, Chris Pine. Oh, man, the dude's too bring, old. Bring the voice to real life. He's at the per- he would be at the perfect age for Spider Man. Spider Man's like in his forties. So Peter Parker would, if if he was going realistic, Peter Parker should be in his forties by this point. He should be right around the age of Tony and um, everyone else. If we're going realistic, but if you want to go millennial, between the age of thirty and thirty five. I can even say that I'm a fucking millennial. God damn it. All right, we're going to end it right here. <laughs> Thank you, Ray, for coming back to the world of podcasting. Um, Thank you for having me. It's, it's a good reunion episode. Um, make sure I will put your, your, you want people to follow you on IG or you want to leave you off? Um, They can follow me on IG. Okay. I'll put, I'll put the link so you can follow Ray on IG. Make sure you can hear this episode next Monday live. Um, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, we're going to have Team and T in review. It's for Christian's clarification, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 90s in review. He's, he's a stickler for like good clarification. When, he's, when I say Team and T, he's like, what, the 2007 one? Oh, asshole. So, <laughs> we're going to do, we're going to review the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, this coming Wednesday. That's going to be a new episode up. And. We have to wait till KDHR pour our episode up because I'm on the since I'm on the radio station, college radio station, and we we can't be in the radio station because that's would have been cool. I'm in the radio station. I can call you up. I have all the tools there to broadcast live, but I'm I'm at the mercy of sending our recorded episode when we do it tomorrow to them. But it's still going to be fun. I guess once again to you everyone, Spotify, SoundCloud. And with that, press on with pride, press on with purpose, and fuck Donald Trump.